Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the go. We're glad to have you tuning in wherever you happen to be, wherever you are traveling. Today, uh, we have a special treat. Uh, The Reverend Laura Everett, Executive Director of the Massachusetts Council of Churches, uh, pastor, author, podcast producer. Uh, Laura's an urban cycle evangelist, a social media maven. She is a mender and repairer of cloth and community. She's also an advocate for the equitable news coverage of women's sports, and she has been my dear, dear friend for over 20 years. Uh, She's preaching and offering a word uh, this morning, and so uh, I hope that you will uh, savor and take in uh, that word the Spirit intends for you on this day. So prepare your hearts for worship and the word as you listen to this morning's anthem. Worship your holy name. 
The scripture today is Romans verses 37 through 39. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Beloved, place your hand on your heart. Join me. Find that rhythm. Oh God, hear our hearts. So much weighs on our minds and our hearts. Our hearts are heavy and full and strained. Tune us, oh God, to you this day. Let us hear one another. Let us hear you, you who sent your own heart down to be among us, to live among us, to break among us. Be with us. Give us the word we need this day. I claim you again, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Work out, 10 laps, chin up, look good, steam room, dress warm, call home fresh air. Eat right, rest well, sweetheart, safe sex, sore throat, long flu, hard nodes, Beware, test blood, count cells, reds thin, whites low, dress warm, eat well, short breath, fatigue, night sweats, dry coughs, loose stools, weight loss, get mad, fight back, call home, rest well, don't cry, take charge, no sex, eat right, call home, talk slow, chin up. No air, arms wide, nodes hard, cough dry, hold on, mouth wide, drink this, breathe in, breathe out, no air, breathe in, breathe in, no air, blackout, white room, head hot, feet cold, no work, eat right, cat scan, chin up, breathe in, breathe out, no air, no air, thin blood, sore lungs, mouth dry, mind gone, six months, three weeks, can't eat, no air, today, tonight, it waits for me, sweetheart, don't stop, breathe in, breathe out. Melvin Dix wrote this poem, Heartbeats, He's a son of this place. He was born in Stamford and educated at Wesleyan and Brown. He didn't live far from here, a professor at Wesleyan and Columbia, Fordham and CUNY. He lived in that in-between, 
as a black gay man. And he said, as white gays denied multiculturalism among gays, so too do blacks, black communities deny multisexualism among their members. Against this double cremation, we must leave the legacy of our writing and our perspectives on gay and straight experiences. Hear that, beloved, a double cremation, a heartburn twice a thousand times. And so Melvin Dixon wrote that poem, Heartbeats, in the early 90s, and he died in 1995 of complications from AIDS at the age of 42. What else would his tender heart have written if there had been drugs available to conquer a disease thought only to be attacking the gay and black communities? What if? What if to the homophobia and anti-black racism that denied so many the care that needed more people, more people had said no, no. No, we are more than conquerors. Oh, friends, how I wanted to title this sermon, no. Just no, no after this week, no, 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 no to all that separates us from the love of God. No to all that tells us that we are unworthy. No to everything and everyone and everywhere that denies us our belovedness. No, just no, enough. No the full sentence, no the exclamation, no to the weariness of the past week, the past year, the past 400 years. No, enough. No. No to everything and everyone and everywhere that steals the life abundant promised in Christ Jesus. No to it all. No. But here's the complexity of scripture, as ever, that messes up all of my sweet and neat little plans. What do you do with the scripture texts when that no in Romans is followed by the rest of the verse? No, we are more than conquerors. What do you do, church? What do you do? We who claim to follow the Prince of Peace are met with the claim that we are more than conquerors. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So what on earth would this passage mean to the recipients of St. Paul's letter to the church in Rome? How would they hear this? How would they understand these words? So think back with me. Romans is Paul's last letter, and it's written to the only Christian community that he didn't found himself. Paul's older. Maybe he's wiser. It's not so much a letter like Corinthians or Galatians about how a Christian community should behave in the midst of conflict, but Romans, it's, it's more of a theological treatise. Paul is writing to a place of wealth and power and prestige, He's writing to the very center of empire. What on earth would it mean to these folks, these people who have opted out of the imperial cult devoted to the emperor? What it would, would it mean to them to say, we are more than conquerors? Now, my wife is a middle school Latin teacher, and so I get more than my fair share of unsolicited information about how Romans feel about conquest. And frankly, the short version is that they are big fans. Conquering is how Romans live. Conquering is how Rome survives. The empire exists with omnivorous energy. 
Stasis is not an option. For Rome, conquering is a way of life. Always be conquering. In Romans, we're in the teenage years of Nero in 50 AD, and the major persecutions of the Christians have not yet truly begun. But to be clear, to opt out of the imperial cult is a choice, and it is an act of defiance. To choose to be Christian, to proclaim Christ as king and not the emperor is to step out of line. Jews were already on the margins of this society, but for the Gentiles also to do so, this is an act of defiance. And so what's curious to me is that Paul is saying, we are more than conquerors. The claim, beloved, is communal to Jews and Gentiles, to those in Rome and beyond, this big, ungainly mess of a church spread out across the known creation, bound together only by a common belief in Christ. We, we are more than conquerors. This stands in sharp contrast to the conquest of Rome. So what is that more doing? more than conquerors, like Roman power, but more so, just bigger, just additional Roman extra, Roman grande, Roman venti, more than champions, more than victors, more than prize winners, larger, faster, bigger, stronger, richer, prettier, whiter, more, 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 Moloch, Moloch, Moloch. No, no. No, it can't mean those things. That's not the Christ I know. More than conquerors, no, not like that. No. The more here, more is doing something different entirely. More is a category shift. Think of it as meaning beyond. Something different, something new entirely. We are more than, we are different than, wholly other than conquerors. Take that frame and step out of it. No, we are playing a different game entirely. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It doesn't work without the rest of the sentence. It's the love of Christ that makes it different. Because we know the character of Christ. We know that there's something different. We know that love, not might, is the ethic of the gospel. We know that the preferential option for the poor is how our Savior works. We know that when Christ looks out upon the crowd, he has compassion for them. We know that when Peter strikes back against the soldier and cuts off his ear, Jesus rebukes him. He doesn't cheer him on. We know that when Jesus warns that anyone who harms a child would be better with a boulder around his neck, We know that when the crowd seeks to judge a woman to stone her, Jesus is the one who steps in and asks who would be the first to condemn. Force and will and power and coercion are not how our God works. The gospel operates on an ethic of attraction, not persuasion. Because of Christ's love, we are not like the conquerors of Rome, which is a damn hard thing because so much of this majority white American culture teaches us, especially those of us who are white, that we should always be conquering. And to that logic, scripture says no. No, 
No, beloved, you don't need to do it like that. No, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. I adore that your church is memorizing these verses over the next month. Your work is to take this time to engrave these words on your heart. Your task is to have this so written into your bodies that these words are your spiritual 911 call you can make during any time of trial. Because these words have been comfort to God's people for generations. They are so well-worn. Engraved into the body of Christ, these are words that tether you and me to the most famous of the faithful and the most anonymous in the body. We are here today as a part of the we who are more than conquerors. And yet, and yet, and yet the complexity and the variety of the body of Christ is that scripture well, for each community, as the kids say, scripture hits different. If you have your Bible um, open, you can look with me at the verse right before ours in Romans 8, 36. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are being accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So that promise about being more than conquerors, it's not an abstraction, but it's offered in the face of hardship. Paul is reaching back to the Psalms, and for his Jewish kin and the converts, these words would be deeply familiar. He's pulling and reaching back to Psalm 44. For your sake, we are being slaughtered all day long. That threat is real then. Now, so what does this scripture sound like? What does it land like? What does it hit like for those who are being slaughtered all day long? What does that promise that we are more than conquerors sound like to Tyree Nichols' mom, Rovon Wells? What does it sound like to the student who just got shoved into the bathroom that doesn't align with their gender? What does it sound like to the child who just got teased for the texture of her hair? What does it sound like to the spouse who endured another night of abuse? What does it sound like? What did it sound like to Melvin Dixon? Do they feel the love of Christ and the love from the church or do these words just ring hollow? What did it sound like to Elijah? Because when everything was right for Elijah, his heartbeat was always on the fast side. He was slight and slim. He was just 23 and five foot six and 140 pounds. He was a massage therapist. He was a violinist. He was thin and his hands were long, but police stopped him after a concerned citizen called 911. And police pinned him down and applied a carotid control hold, which intentionally cut off the blood flow to his brain by compressing the carotid arteries in his neck. And his heartbeat 
slow down. Breathe in. No air. Five white officers and paramedics injected Elijah in 2019 with 500 milligrams of ketamine, a horse tranquilizer, a sedative at a dose high enough for someone who was 220 pounds, to a young man who was dancing and walking himself home, a threat to no one and walking while black. Slower, slower, slower. No. 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 Christ says no to this. Christ says no to these deaths. Christ says no to us calling the police on a neighbor walking home from work. I know that for this gospel message to be true, it has to be true for us all. It has to be true for Elijah. And it is. The rest of the verse bears it out. Paul is convinced the mundane struggles and the extraordinary, the small inconveniences and the generational trauma, the promised beloved, nothing, nothing, nothing separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. For it to be true, it is true for all and with all and for all, but first and foremost, it is true for those being slaughtered all day long. Engrave it on your heart, set it in your body. This is the promise all day long. Find that rhythm in yourself. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor power, nor depth, nor anything else, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor things present, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor death, nor life, nor rulers, nor things present, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor things present, nor things to come, neither death, nor life, nor depth, nor height, nor powers, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Dear friends, will you join with me in a time of prayer?
Sweet Jesus, you know our hearts. You know what we carry into this week and in the days ahead. You know where we struggle. You know where we strive. Open your tender heart to us. Be with us in our mourning and in our dancing. And teach us to feel deeply. Teach us to have the assuredness, the confidence of being beloved children of God. That there is nothing in all of creation that can separate us from your love. We love you, we thank you, and we bless you. It is in your mighty and matchless name we pray. Amen. Now, dear friends, receive this blessing as you go from this podcast, but never from the presence of God. Be blessed in your coming and going. Be blessed in your relationships. Be blessed in your relationship with God and one another. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all, be with us this day and always. Go in peace. Let the people say, Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.